1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Christopher Julian says he had the last laugh over Alfredo Morelos on Sunday Kurt Broadfoot says Angelo Alessio's methods were why he left Kilmarnock And Stephen Naismith looks ahead to a crucial double header for Scotland I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Craig Beatty and Mark Guidi Yeah, big week, Gordon, Russia on Friday night, Belgium on Monday night for the international team. Which side will Steve Clark go for? The goalkeeper back four pretty much picks itself. The main striker, probably Ollie McBurney. But what does he do in the midfield? We are spoiled for choice and it's up to Steve Clark to get it right to make sure we get the right result. And also the transfer window, I think for Celtic and Rangers, Gordon, I think both of them exceptional business and really improved their squads. And sets up a title cracker And Craig the power of a fixture like Sundays Is that this is Wednesday And it's still very much on people's minds Yeah absolutely we're, we're, Again we'll be inundated with, with calls uh, Regarding the firm game on, on Sunday And you know, the transfer window's now shut And you know we were talking earlier on today And we're, we're banging in the middle of the transfer window shut And the international coming up So interesting show we've got tonight The number you need tonight is 01419511025 And if you would rather tweet Then we are at Clyde SSB So what tickles your fancy? Are you still uh, thinking about that game on Sunday? Maybe you're looking ahead to the international football And the transfer window is now closed You've had plenty of time to take a breath Digest your team's business So tell us What is the one Best piece of business During the summer transfer window It's been open for quite some time You're now well aware of who's come in Who's gone out What is the one single best piece of business During the summer transfer window 01419511025 Could you pick one Mark Guidi It's been open for months This this summer window Could you pick one piece of business That stands out for you We'll have to say The surprising piece of business for me Was Rangers Getting Ryan Kent for 7 million quid A, I think that's potentially a bargain B, I didn't think Rangers would have the money But obviously getting into Europa League And the club have then gone and used that money And I think Matt Allen said, you know, 2 million down Which is a good first instalment So for that kind of money for Rangers It's good going um, That apart, Celtic getting 25 million pounds for Kieran Tierney You know, to go and get a, a full back the greatest respect He's a top player But to get 25 million pounds for a full back is... Uh, it's quite exceptional. Yeah, I think um, I'm going to kind of state the obvious with it with the big money that's been spent in, in the by the, the two Glasgow clubs. You know, Kent coming into Rangers um, and Julian, who who looked a top top player on Sunday, come, coming into Celtic. Um, but I'm interested to see how Elianusi is going to look. Um, you know, he's 16.2 million pound he's been signed for. Um, so I'm very interested to see how he's going to. You know, going to be an attacking winger, going to be very very creative. He's going to be a great option for Celtic to have and. You know, for for a sixteen million pound player to be playing in Scotland, I think that's going to be very exciting. Tell me this, sorry, got can he go through the mid, middle if need be? Can he become a centre forward if, if needed? Um, well, he possibly could. I know, I know, I, he's, I know, his strength is in the wide area, but can, yeah. if need be, can he become a number nine? Yeah, I dare, I dare say he could. Um, but at the minute, they're, they're not going to need him there. They've, you know, they've got Eduardo who's an absolute fire. They've got, they've got Griff who's itching at the bit, trying to to get back on the part to get minutes. Um. 
So I think he's going to certainly start in the wider areas and, and I think that's where he'll be more beneficial. 01419511025, the best piece of business done during the summer transfer window. You tell us on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Let's hear from Christopher Julian. He's been speaking to the media today. Uh, he says he had the last laugh after refusing to take Alfredo Morelos's bait during Celtic's win. Against Rangers The pair appeared to be having Some sort of words Late on in Sunday's match At Ibrox Julian says he's fine with that He's some You know Kind of like Trash talk Or Basketball Football American football There is that everywhere So It's part of the game If it's a strength For him I don't know I don't know him so much But We talked about it Before the game We talked to me about Sometimes he's, he's a little bit like that But I, t- I tell him In front of his eyes In the game I like that. So keep going, <laughs> keep going. I like that. And if we, if we we have a clean sheet just after the game, I just had, I just did my game, my my job. So everything's good. There he is. Uh, trash talk says Christopher Julian. That's what he was experiencing, but he doesn't mind it. He he feels he had the last lap. What what did you make of that side of things in Sunday, Mark? Because that was perhaps the the key battle so much speculation about Celtic's defence and so much speculation about who Rangers chose to play an attack yeah well, I have to say I was absolutely taken aback when the team the starting lineups came out and there was no Alfredo Morelos because you know I dare say that Stephen Gerrard has told Jermaine Defoe in advance as managers will do listen you're no starting Thursday night against Legia Warsaw but make sure you're ready for Sunday you're starting against Celtic but when Morelos scores a goal and he's on such a high stop his time winner in front of 45,000 etc etc I'm thinking that guy has got to be in your starting lineup. so I was surprised at that and I think it backfired because um, I think he would have caused Julian and Beaton more problems Defoe never ruffled him up that said Julian was outstanding um, I've had my reservations about balling golly and still do but um, you know the, the word that I always heard of it Julian was we wee bit of a slow starter but no concerns about him he will come good he is a top player and he looked every inch a £7 million plus player. He was absolutely outstanding. And I have to say, so was Beaton um, beside him. Really good performance from him too. And Edward never does much talking, as you know, Gordon. He's no one to get put up in the media. He's no one for headlines. He's no one attracting red cards and neg- negativity. He's no one going to the papers and looking for a move or his agent saying he's, he's going to China for £25 million. He's earning 150 grand a week. He does his business on the park. But what a top top player he is too yeah I, I totally agree with it I think that was Steve, um, not playing Morelos was one of a number of mistakes from Steven Gerrard on the weekend there um, and given his discipline's been been pretty good this year so far um, my first decision as Rangers manager would have been to, to set him about Julian go and, go and test him go and see what he's got rather than allowing Julian to um, compete against the, the less physical Defoe um, you know, I would have had Morelos trying to, to run him into channels, run him in behind and rough him up from the first minute of the game as opposed to leaving it to the last 15-20 minutes of the game. 0141 That's the number David in Cran Hill has dialed. Hi, David. How you doing, bud? Hi, David. What's your point tonight? Um, so since Sunday, um, <clears throat> and prior to Sunday as well, so just wonder specifically, Mark, why do you think so many people, mainly in the media, as they hear, I'm not, I'm not making accusations, it's just a genuine question. Are so reluctant to admit that the gap still exists between Celtic and everybody else. Are so reluctant to admit. I've, I think there's, there's the a gap. Clear, there's a, well, I don't. I can't speak for everybody in the media. I don't. I don't listen to every radio station or read every word. So I, I can only generalise as well. And if I generalise in terms of super scoreboard, then 
You know, I think most of us have, have taken Celtic to win the title. I think we acknowledge that Rangers have improved. Um, I thought it would be a score draw on Sunday. I thought, and the reason I, I picked that, and I said I would make Rangers slight favourites, and I said, but slight, I mean 51 49. And I only said that because it was home advantage, bearing in mind the way that the last four Old Firm games had gone. Had Celtic been at home on Sunday at Parkhead, I'd have made Celtic 60 40 favourites. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's a gap um, there. I don't think it's a massive gap, but there is a gap. Uh, but Celtic are still the favourites to win the title. They're still the champions, and Rangers have got it all to do. But listen, it's it's one game two. Celtic were far superior, thoroughly deserved a victory um, on Sunday. Um, but there's there's a lot of hard work ahead. There's 34 games to go, but there's no doubt that Rangers will need to find a different gear over the next 34 games to have a chance of winning the league. I just, I fair enough, but I just feel that up, up to Sunday, um, there was a huge. Somebody used the word the other day, propaganda. Well, that's a strong word or not? I, I don't know, but it did seem to be a, a huge promotion. Uh, I brought and saying about some some pundits were telling Celtic to lose before four and five goals. Yeah, I, um, I read, I read, I read one guy who put in, you know, four, but listen, I wouldn't take any notes of that at all. David, I think you've been slightly harsh there. David, because a couple of weeks ago and, and there was a number of Celtic fans that I know that they were actually talking about going out of Europe to concentrate in the league. So I think there's a lot of Celtic fans think the gap's a lot closer than, than what it's been as well. So, you, you know, you're on kind of having a go at the media, but there's plenty of Celtic fans out there that think that the gap's a lot closer than it is as well. Well, nobody says that the gap has this, hasn't... I didn't say the gap hasn't got this more. What I said is there is a gap. And that wasn't what was said, especially in the week, I think, leading up to Sunday that so, there was no longer a gap and it was going to be shown up on Sunday who said that, that David who in particular said that well if you look at almost all of the the football pundits in the Scottish media almost every single one I only I can only remember seeing one prediction of Celtic winning by one yeah, goal but that, but that, that's, I say, that's was, one game was that was the one, one game on Sunday that was the one well, game on Sunday where that, anything can happen in a one off no. game but who's, who in particular said there is now no gap who said that well, if you're talking, you're asking me people using specific words. But the point is, when somebody predicts the treble winners to lose before goals, they're saying the no, gap listen, longer that, that that prediction's insignificant. We're not talking about that prediction. We're talking about in general here. Predict. So, who has said the the, the, the gap doesn't exist? Who in the media said that? You said it. You said at the start of the season you think it will go to a helicopter Sunday. Was the words you used? I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And who did I pick to win the league? Well, I don't. Who did I pick to win the league? You, you, pick, you, you pick Celtic, but if exactly. you're saying it's going to helicopter Sunday, what you're saying is you don't actually know who won the league. No, I picked Celtic to win the league. If it's going to, if no, if sorry, it's going David. To, no, you, David, I tip Celtic to win the league. No, you, you tip Celtic to win uh-huh. the league. But if you're saying it will go to the final game of the season, that's a prediction. Thirty games away. We don't even know at this point if we'll be What do you think will happen? What do you think will happen? I think Celtic will win the league this season. The more points than they did last season. Well, you might be right and you might be wrong, but there you go. David, here's one for you. What is the best piece of business done in this summer transfer window? Now that it's closed and we, we've got a real settled look at, at who's who's come in, who's gone out, what was the one best piece of business that stands out for you? Well, they've mentioned the big names and I think they have been excellent signings. Those two young guys we signed from Man City and Man U over the weekend there um, on four-year deals, I think are excellent business for Celtic. Absolutely fantastic because these guys are highly rated. I think they've probably used this conversation. They might not get a chance down there because of the way that's structured down there. 
Um, but I think that's excellent business for Celtic, to be perfectly honest. Quite so, like. yeah, I mean, obviously, Julianne and, and the rest are, are superb in the, the boy face of Hampton on loan. But those two signings were wonderful, I thought. I like that, thinking outside the box. Not just one of your straight into the first team big money signings, David's planning for the future. I don't mind that. You're seeing a quite a friend, Paul and O'Connell. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, listen, I might be wrong, but I wonder if that's the. The influence of uh, Nicky Hammond, the, the, the kind of temporary like director who's identified, um, you know, not just you know guys to get in the first teams. You say Gordon, but guys that you know potentially, whether it's six months or eighteen months from now, are, are ready to go and make an impact. I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say that if they're that highly rated and they've got that much potential, why are these clubs letting them go? Why are they not putting them out on loan like a Ryan Kent? Mm-hmm. Is, it a not, is it not just such a higher? Test to get in those first teams And these these clubs now collect so many players Don't they? That they do but uh, sort of 18, could, 19 year old could The be, dream's still alive the, There the could be a, an option That they get first buyback option well, think, on them Is it Frimpong I think was the one That does have a big sell-on clause I think yeah, from, from memory be. that was the one uh, Something a bit of an unsavoury one That Christopher Julian had to answer today He says all the Celtic players are behind Scott Brown uh, After a fan taunted him About the death of his sister after Sunday's game I'm sure you've Seen the video, we don't really want to give it any publicity It's been in the news, a 15 year old has been charged Rangers have taken swift action, banned them for life Julian says that sort of stuff has to stop I don't think it's a, it's a good behaviour You know, this is out of the field It's, it's just not welcome in every, every stadium And we are, we are with, with Brony uh, uh, we, we give Brony all the support we needed And I... I don't know what to say more about that, you know. It's just it's just ugly. I don't like that. The legal system has acted, Mark Greedy. It's just now a legal matter. Rangers have acted as well, uh, banning the perpetrator for life. I think everyone is in agreement. It, I mean, it's stomach-churning stuff. Yeah, it's um, disgusting. I don't know. It's probably too much to ask that we start being a bit nicer to each other, but <laughs> something has to be done. I mean, oh, it was disgusting, absolutely. Disgusting. And I, see, I don't even want to comment on anymore. It was just disgusting. Um, I suppose if, if you're looking for the outcome, Rangers have, have done what, what they can do at the moment, Craig. Scott Brown, um, unfortunately, will have heard this sort of stuff before and handled himself in a yeah, Scott's a big manner. character. He, he's you know, he's come out of this with, with absolutely glowing. Um, he, he dealt with it very, very well. The powers that be at Ibrox have obviously they've handled that as well. Um, you know he's going to be referred to a sort of children's panel type thing for for early intervention, which which I think is ideal because ultimately, you know, as immoral and unacceptable as it actually is, the, the kid needs educated. Um, you know, he said something despicable for a reaction, and and you know what has had a, a very very opposite reaction. And Julian there mentioned that you know the Celtic fans and the Celtic players are behind him, but actually. Through my social media feed For the last couple of days The whole of the country Is actually behind Scott Brown And there's a lot of Rangers fans Tweeting as well Supporting him John is a Celtic fan Who's on the line Hi John Hi Gordon Mark Craig Hi guys I had probably a couple of weeks ago Gordon Remember I came on Before the AIK game And that I said The Celtic fans Need to win their season Book in for me Because They were giving me Any pelters As you remember And uh, I was like just wait till we go through that BAK next stage in Rangers and that's what he's done Sunday's match I'm sick and, sick and tired of hearing media pundits Rangers fans all blaming Stephen Gerrard's tactics and the team he picked the team he picked on Sunday that professional man that he is and they all love him he high, uh, holds the boys in high regard now Craig you played at a high level mate 
Right? Yep. See when a manager picks a team, he don't turn around each other and say, that's not the right team. You get out there, he trusts them. He thought he picked the right team. Celtic are not getting the credit they should be getting. No, to an extent. Celtic beat them fair square by football, skills and whatever. The better team, right? So... They'll need to drop this now that Stephen they're blaming their manager that he picked the wrong team. Who would, who would Steve Morelos would have played? Now, Defoe gets, Defoe, he gets held in high regard by the Rangers uh, fans and the manager. Oh, you brilliant. He can turn, beat any defence on that. All of a sudden, the guy's rotten now. He picked the wrong guy. Morelos, Morelos has not scored against Celtic. Right? He scored the odd goal. Not the odd goal, but goals against. But you need to get a dress now. See this? Picked around team, it's no last anymore. Right, John, your, your your first point about you know uh, the manager picks a team and the players don't say that. You you bet your bottom dollar the players say that. They all go away and they text each other and they on their group chats and they they bitch about the mistakes the manager's making. So you know you can you can forget that one because you're wrong on that. Believe well, me that they do. What happens if you get picked the team in? Do you see the manager pick you to play in? Right, you wouldn't like that. I don't think you should, I don't think you should be picking me today. <laughs> oh, of course I, not. I don't think that team. Well then, he's picked you because. He's picked you because he thinks you'd be able to do your job, mate. See if you're sitting there. I mean, I played football. Not the time with you, but I played football, right? And see the manager turns and goes back to you. Like, you're playing today, John. Or Craig. Oh, no. I think he's picked the wrong. I shouldn't have played today. No, you're, you're not going to say that by your own, your own admission. But if you're not getting picked in the team, you're going to have a problem with it. And, and what I'm saying to you is that players bitch all the time. And I think Stephen Gerrard's got to take a lot, if not all, of the blame for the performance and, and the team selection on Saturday. Uh, on Sunday, sorry, I really do. Kamara and Aribo have not played well. So again, sorry? Do you not just blame the teams? Was it good enough to beat Celtic? How can I, you blame the manager for picking that team? What, like, I'll, I'll ask a question, Craig. Who would you have changed? Tell me about your change in that team. Who would you have changed? Left back for a start. Left back from what to what? Flanagan <clears> to who? Um, Barisic. Barisic. Yes, that's the one. Barisic. Croatian international. Barisic. He, Yes, he's not been great. Right, okay, that's fine. That's fine. On you go. Anybody else? Yeah, but I said earlier in the show, I would have Morelos in to test Julian right away. How? 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 No, Defoe. Because I think I think Morelos offers more physically, getting about the park. He offers do more. So? I do, yeah. In terms of legs, yeah, running in behind, running the channels, John, stretching I, a defence. John, I think we're we're slowly but surely getting to the nub of the issue here. Just because people think that Steven Gerrard picked the wrong team, that that doesn't mean anyone's taking anything away from Celtic. There are twenty two players that start the game. There are two teams. It's it's okay to assess both at the same time. Don't worry, your your team will get plenty of praise for it at the same time as questioning what the other team could have done better. So did Neil Lennon pick the wrong team against Rangers at Ibrox the last time then? So that's how they won basically because we picked the wrong team eh? Is that the one where Callum that's McGregor it. played left back? No that was a New aye. Year's game with Brendan Rodgers wasn't it? Right, was, so ah, Brendan Rodgers sorry Mark you're right aye right, well, 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 yes, because, well yes because we were inundated by Celtic fans that aye. day telling us that Neil Lennon had picked the wrong team Or Brendan Rodgers See that one of the players, one of the players sitting here and all that in the media Like he shouldn't have been picked, he shouldn't have been playing before that I'd have been going at myself uh, wait a minute here <laughs> He's actually blaming me For playing there Because I shouldn't be playing there John, how, man, how many central midfielders Did Stephen Gerrard pick on Saturday And Sunday How many central midfield players Is Aribo a central midfielder Yes Arfield's been playing as a number 10 So you're looking at possibly Five central midfield players yeah. Against two untested fullbacks for Celtic why not play wide players and go at the fullbacks and actually test them in an old firm game and see how they get on? John, thanks as always for the call. It's 0141 951 1025. And then we'll take more of your calls after the travel with Amber. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. Mark Guidi and Craig Beatty are here taking your calls and we're on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well. Lots of suggestions coming in for the best piece of business done oh, during the summer. There's a bit of thought going into these. I like that. Gary's on. Gary says a little bit left field, but the best piece of business is Celtic holding on to Edward McGregor Christie and Cham. The new signings will make a difference, but that's the spine that will win the league this year, according to Gary. And uh, Scott has been on as well He says Gallagher and Polworth To Motherwell for free So there we go We're getting uh, some Polworth's been really good actually Suggestions got, yeah. got the eye Racking up the assists yep. already yep. Another one on the weekend He's yeah. been good yeah, Good suggestions Keep them coming in At Clyde SSB on Twitter uh, If you would rather phone And we'd love you to It's 01419511025 I've got a tweet from Eamon Kelly I've got about 10 tweets From Eamon Kelly Who's gone on an almighty rant about Kirk Broadfoot's oh, situation So we'll, we'll get to that later And I wonder if that can tempt a few Kilmarnock fans uh, To phone in Eamon's written me an essay here So I'll, I'll <laughs> pick my way through it um, Defe- Agreeing with Broadfoot or having a go at him? Uh, Roughly? No, sticking up for his manager Sticking up for, yeah, his sticking manager. Up for the manager Okay, okay. Uh, Let's speak to Justin Who's a Rangers fan on the line Hi Justin Hi guys, how you doing? Hi Justin um, It was the two kind of points really mm-hmm. One, I'm um, kind of sad to have to Feel as if I have to talk about it as a Rangers fan But uh, I'll get it out of the way kind of early doors. I know you guys kind of half mentioned that a moment ago. But it was released at the Scott Brown incident on Sunday. Um, as a somebody that's a lifelong Rangers fan, um, and the general consensus across any Rangers fans that I know has been utter contempt for what was supposed to be from an apparent Rangers fan. We we don't see people like that as Rangers fans. That's the lowest of the low. In anybody's book, um, and it's good to see that the club and everybody associated with it condemned it completely. And there's somebody like that is not welcome at Ibrox in any way, shape, or form at all. Um, and I'd, as a, as I say, as a Rangers fan, like to you know put across that I was hugely impressed and admired by the way Scott Brown conducted himself as somebody that's seen as a kind of pantomime villain within the, the Rangers support and whatever else I thought the way he conducted himself was exemplary uh, and I don't think a lot of other people would have been able to conduct themselves in that way yeah I totally yeah. agree with you Justin no. Justin let me, let, let me come in here a wee sec um, no, I obviously said a minute ago that it's important that there's education out there um, you know the kid's done wrong but in a strange sort of way this might have a positive effect because there'll be tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands more Rangers fans out there that now and Celtic fans you know if, if the abuse is going the other way that now understand and realise that they can't get away with you know saying what they want to players it, it's not acceptable and the, the derogatory comment will you know it will serve for an experience for a lot of people Justin what was your other point? I thought it was just about your uh, signing for the for the season or yes. signing for the for the it's window. A bit of business. Obviously, I'm going to be slightly biased uh, from right. the city point of view, but uh, I think Brian Kent signing is ecstatic. I'm, I'm excited about it. I know a lot of Rangers fans are, but for him, a number of points, not just the fact that he's a fantastic player, probably one of the most exciting players to hit Scottish football for a number of years, um, but. From the, the the kind of vision that the board are showing and backing that Gerald's getting, I just shows it. I think it shows a statement of intent for us as a club as to spending seven million quid, albeit in instalments, but to, to invest that in a kind of player that's the future that wants clearly wants to be there 
that clearly wants to. He's bursting at the skin to play. I think can only be positive. Um, and again, can I highlight everything to do with Scottish football in relation to something people want to watch? Whether the Rangers fan or not, he's somebody that'll get people watching watching games because of the way he plays and the excitement that he creates. He's a good player, Justin. There's no doubt about it. And by the way, you see the thing about Rangers paying installments. There's nothing wrong with that. Every transfer is installments. Uh, Justin, whether it's four hundred grand or, or, or the seven million quid for Ryan Kent, so that's no problem. That's how the business works. Um, but you're right. And the one thing you've got that, that Stephen Gerrard, I think, would take as a great compliment is if Ryan Kent didn't rate him or didn't think it was going to work at Rangers this season, he wouldn't have wanted to go back, having been there. So clearly, he rates Stephen Gerrard. He's clearly grown a, a love for Rangers football. Club as well over the past year And that's why he wanted to go back But ultimately he's going back to try and help them um, Win the league If he doesn't win the league I'm not saying it's, it's it's a waste of money But Rangers are not spending 7 million quid You know just for the sake of it They're spending 7 million quid Because that's the kind of thing that they need to do To go and try and win the league So there's, there's pressure on Ryan Kent But he can handle the pressure He can deliver He can't be taken as a one man team He'll be part of a unit but um, no, it, it's a it's a really good sign, and you're right, and it's good for Scottish football because a number of clubs wanted them, um, particularly in loan. You know, Leeds United and other clubs would have taken them all day long in loan, but Rangers, um, Liverpool wanted a fee for them, and Rangers have stumped them up because they see it at seven million quid. It's a hell of a lot of money, but I think it's really good business. Craig, the players take notice of of their own transfer fees it's something that we always say from the outside that it adds pressure because you have to deliver but I guess as a player you can't really afford to, to think like that can you you have to just get your head down and, and do what you would have done whether you arrived for 7 quid or 7 million yeah I, th- I think you still give the same effort but in terms of pressure and expectations it, it's certainly more um, if, if you go for, for big money then there's certainly more pressure more expectation on you and, and you know Ryan's going to have to deal with that this year because he's going to be the the catalyst for for creating chances and getting Rangers up the park and you know a lot of the, the positive stuff that's going to come on a match day and do you know what you, you come into Rangers is the, the second highest ever you know transfer fee behind Tory Andrew Flo then unfortunately you've got to live up to the bill and, and you know the Rangers fans will be looking forward to it. I mean Mark if the day comes where things don't go well for Steven Gerrard I say if mm-hmm. that by the looks of it won't be because he's not been backed because when you look at the number yeah. of players he's bought and yeah. brought in and that's fine because you can bring in a lot of players but to, to, to do that and then add a transfer fee like this on top with uh, already three and a half million for yeah. uh, Hillander and, and, and amongst uh-huh. others during this summer you know there's clearly been a bit of trust putting him there well the, the way I, I, I look at it Gordon is now that the window's closed um, and you can assess everything properly now the question I think the key question for Celtic and Rangers have Rangers done everything they can at this moment in time to try and stop nine in a row? And I think they have. They've not sold any of their, their, their better players. Um, they've kept Morelos. Now, whether there was proper bids in for Morelos is up for debate, but the bottom line is, if there has been, he hasn't he hasn't gone and he's still there. Tavernier's still there. Arfield's still there. And they've recruited looking, looking good. And to then go and get Ryan Kent in the last day of the window when the board might have said, oh, I've just lost to Celtic, what's the point? You know, and almost kind of thrown in the till, but they've not. They said no. So I think Stephen Gerrard knows when the board have backed him with that kind of signing, he has to deliver the title, or it will be we'll see you later, Stephen, and we'll go and try something else. So yeah, it's a big statement of intent for Rangers, but it heaps of pressure. But there's pressure anyway, you know. And Stephen Gerrard's no daft. He knows when he's had the backing that he's had. If he doesn't win the title, he'll do well to survive in his job. Justin, totally agree. Totally agree. I think the. 
I think when you're talking about the player having um, expectation and stuff on him, I think he'll realise that seven million quid, regardless of how strong it is or no, or, or kind of standard, you know, that's the second biggest fee, like you said, we've ever paid. Given all the money that Advocate spent and everything else, given the, the situation that Rangers have been in over the last five years, that's a massive potential gamble and a, a kind of lead balloon around Stephen Gerrard's neck should it not perform so they he obviously trusts Kent Kent obviously understands what it's like to be a Rangers player and the pressure that comes with that and I don't think they would begin to it with, with blinkers on thinking oh that, it's a kind of 50-50 it's a bit of a gamble I think all parties concerned seem to be positive which is a good thing for a Rangers point it's of view it's definitely not a gamble look. Justin and I'm going to draw an analogy to Brendan Rodgers bringing Edward in on loan with, with the the nine million pound loan um, permanent fee that would come if he was happy with them, and you know Kent done a lot better than what Edouard did in, on his loan season, and and I, I think that's the reason that it's not a gamble, and I th- also think that's the reason that they were then able to push the seven million through in the last day of the window. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Billy's in East Kilbride. Hi Billy. Hi, how are you doing, panel? Yeah, all good, Billy. Yeah. What's your point tonight? Uh, first of all, uh, what Gordon just said there about uh, Rangers being doing thrown everything for nine in a row. Uh, to stop nine in a row, I totally agree with him. I think you, you can't fault the board or anything for that. They have done everything to back Stephen Gerrard for that, so that was a good point. Yeah, I think on, in terms of what, what Billy was saying there, Mark, because you, you take net spend into account as well. This is not like Rangers have managed to offset that by selling, yeah. you know, oh, by selling done, someone for a lot I mean, of money. Pretty much can't do any more with the, the, the financial restraints and, and different things. They can't really do any more. And I have to say as well, you know, up until maybe a week ago. I would have asked the same question of Celtic. Have Celtic done everything they can to win nine in a row? And up until a week ago, I would have said no. There should be a lot more coming from Celtic. But now that the window's closed, I think Celtic have conducted some really good bits of business. With the greatest respect to, to Kilmarnock, or champion Greg Taylor for a long, long time. It's one they should have got over the line. And they have. Um, they would have brought in El Anusi as well. Potentially looks to be a really good signing. So I think both clubs have done everything they can to get the desired result come me. Billy, you want to come back in on something else? Okay. Yeah, I just, I've got one point to make and then I'll mention the best bit of business that's been done. Go for so it. So the, the point that I find uh, slightly amusing is if Rangers had won 2-0 the weekend, I wouldn't be phoning up and pulling up bookies, pundits, anything that had said, well, they're going to lose or we're going to lose. Are we gonna... I would be celebrating my team winning. This is what makes me think that now, I've grown up in a generation that has seen nine in a row won by their club. I think there's a lot of younger people out there on the other side maybe getting a wee bit sweaty because they haven't seen it. I would not be phoning up, and I find it amazing that if they don't think the, gla- the gap is closing, why are they phoning up and going on about it so much? Billy, you having a pop at a previous caller? Uh, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're, we're in the west of Scotland. We support Rangers. We support Celtic. This is what we do. We, you know, the fans phone up, and all they want to talk about is the is, is the opposition team. And listen, that's just the environment we live in. I mean, Mark I mean, Neil Lennon sort of embodied it as well. He, he wasn't happy oh. that the people had had uh, you know favoured oh. Rangers going into the match. I don't know It's just a prediction God, you know, By the know, way As we've discovered In the last couple of weeks There were loads of Celtic fans Who were a bit worried Going into the game Yeah But I don't know, do, do you know Hindsight's the way I, a wonderful do thing Do you know the way I sum it up And I, and I can understand Neil Lennon Having a go By the way I have to say 
Very pleased for Neil Lennon for, for the for the week that he came through Considering two weeks ago There was people calling for his head and, and questioning him So you know, I think for him to come through that is a measure Of his ability as a manager And his mentality as a person but the way I would sum it up is, Gordon, you know, oh, you know, everybody wants Rangers to win, nobody wants us to do nine in a row, we're an afterthought, that kind of chat. My view on it is, that it, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, people have their team at the support, but in terms of like, the media, the, the kind of neutrality, it's not that nobody wants to see Celtic, it's like, you just want to see a proper challenge for Rangers. You want to see a title race going to the wire. You want things that are good for Scottish football. And it can become a wee bit boring when, when that's not to say that, you know, Celtic won nine in a row, great treble trebles have deserved it. They've been absolutely magnificent for the past number of years. But it's not that people want to see Celtic lose. They just want to see Rangers doing better. Does that make sense? Just do, excited do you know I mean? by the prospect yeah. of a challenge. Yeah. You, even don't if it was the the you don't want to see the title. You don't want to see the title won by 20 points. You, you, want, you want proper drama for the game. Remember, this is Scottish football. That's looking for for lead sponsors in the next nine months. When well, Rangers did run down to League Two and then up to League One, you know, it, it, football was boring here. And now, well, to be wanted... fair, I think a lot. I think that's a bit unfair on all the other clubs who managed to thrive during that period yeah. and really enjoy yeah, it. What they have managed this to survive. Glasgow Goldfish bubble. There, there is life outside it, you know. Mm, not as much as what is inside no, it, though. No, no. I, I think you I think you and I can argue about that at the next break. <laughs> then um, I think I think when we live in you know West Central Scotland, I, I think Rangers and Celtic dominate. And my own opinion is when they were in League 1 and League 2, everybody wanted them back. Now Rangers that are back and they're closer to challenging, there seems to be a panic. Oh, I was just going to get Billy's best piece of business and he's disappeared on oh. me. Anyway, right, 01419511025 and we'll speak to you after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. The league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Craig Beatty and Mark Guidi are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We've been sort of looking back on the game on Sunday. We've been discussing transfers and we will eventually look forward to the Scotland game on Friday and Monday as well. Tam O'Donnell has been on Twitter. He says the best piece of business for Celtic is Fraser Forster. May, may well turn out to be yeah, quiet. What's your, what's your best piece of business? Oh, what's your shout? No one usually cares what I think. You're putting me on the no, spot. You're, here. you're right, but I'm asking you anyway. <laughs> We'll get back to you uh, <laughs> Fraser Forster <laughs> Nah not for me um, Really good goalkeeper But You, you could go with, with Gordon in there No you problem so? Bain won't be out for that long I, I think they could sit behind The Celtic back four And I don't think Forster Will make a huge difference To the outcome i tell you one thing That I noticed uh, About Fraser Forster on, on Sunday And it's obviously An instruction from Neil Lennon Which I've always advocated Gordon is He never once Took a risk at the back he launched it, he launched it, he launched it. There was no try to dink it over the striker. And I know that Craig Gordon and Scott Bain were kind of under instructions that was a Brendan Rogers way. However, don't take gambles when you don't need to. And, and I liked that part of it from Fraser Fox. Listen, we know his strength is the ball at his feet anyway, but why take risks when you when you don't have to? So I, I really welcome that kind of style of, of play. Here's one, might be outside the box for you because you've been focusing on your Fraser Forsters, your Ryan Kent's, well David, the Aki's fan in Hamilton has a best piece of business for us. Suggestion David, tell us. Sam Stubbs. Right. For Aki's. You've been impressed by him? Really, really impressed by that young man. Brilliant defender, very positive attitude. He's the only voice you hear on the pitch screaming and he's always screaming to get the players up the park, no back. But it just seems that Aki's have no belief in themselves at the moment. They're playing better football, but it's almost like they're still a bit wary. And that boy's in there trying to fire him up for the back line. It's just ri- ridiculous. Mark, he... and made him captain. Mark, you've watched the Aki's a number of times. Is, is yeah. David on to something? Uh, you know, it's a good point, David. Three times I've watched Aki's this season. Ross County away, 
Kilmarnock at home and Motherwell at home and yet yeah, Sam Stubbs t- to get him uh, and a free, is, is it a loan deal from Middlesbrough is it, is it permanent Dave I can't remember um, no, a loan yeah but he, no yep. you're right for, for a I mean, he's basically a kid but he's got a bit of stature he's vocal that's the way his old man was um, as well so yeah Sam Stubbs you're right good bit of business the emergence of young Lewis Smith as well has really caught my eye and the game's very composed lovely skill two nice feet drives forward lifts his head um, and you know I, I think Aki's will be you know bottom three most of the season I can't see them getting much further than that but I, I don't think they'll go down this season but um, you're right Sam Stubbs has been a great piece of business by Brian Rice Would you take umbrage with Mark's prediction David or are you in a similar boat? No I, I think no I think that's probably fair um, Brian Rice came in at the end of this last season for Martin Cannon I was not one of Martin Cannon's um, favourites to be fair but at the end of the day we only ever asked him to stay in the Premier League we never asked much of him um, Brian Rice did that I'm not convinced Cannon wouldn't have last year and the results at the start of this year have been a bit mixed so no I think that prediction is probably fair Mixed is the exact word Mark yeah. Weedy there The yeah. ultimate mixed bag Already It's only the 4th of September And you can already tell That the Aki's are going to be A mixed bag again Because they surprise you one week And then They seem to be really struggling The next week And yeah. no, I, never and really know They, they could have chopped and changed their team I, I don't know about you David But I've always liked And he's been missing for I know he's back involved now But I always liked Mikel Miller I think he's got something about him you know, he's Middle to front I think he's decent for Aki's I think the signing of Owen Fawn Williams Will be important I think that for a couple of years Aki's have really struggled in the goalkeeping position throwing away goals um, most weeks but I think Owen Fawn Williams will be a steady influence as well as the season goes on I'm a bit dubious about Fawn Williams to be honest the few matches that I've seen him playing he seems to have a bit of problem stretching you know if he just had that extra few inches he'd have probably had a few more saves under his belt I think or, you know for more disappointments um, less disappointments even um, he's not convinced me as a, a keeper I must have I know he's, he's a big improvement on, on what was there last season that's for sure well I, I don't know I, I quite like Gary Woods you two can agree to disagree we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one David as the season goes on we'll see who's right come May that was David and Hamilton Ryan's in Dumbarton hi David hey Ryan Hi there, how you doing? Yes, not too bad. What's your point this evening? I just wanted to quickly just point out something that Mark said about Ryan Kent, about being able to handle the pressure. Just I, I want want to know what he's done to merit that kind of comment. He was there last season, had one one good game against Celtic. How many goals assisted he made throughout the season? Well, that's not handling pressure. Sorry, what did I say exactly, Ryan? You'll need to ref- honestly, you'll need to refresh my memory. What did I say exactly? Well, he's signing the season and they've all handled the pressure, but he's not a one-man team. Yeah, I think... I, I just think... want to know how, how, how does he merit that pressure? What has he done in his career? He's done yeah, he's absolutely nothing. He'll, so he'll handle, I said he'll handle the pressure of playing for Rangers. Is that what I've said? Yeah, I, he'll listen. handle the pressure. I think Mark's comments justified based on how well he done last season Now I know you've mentioned the stats there And you're probably coming at a viewpoint of that You've heard that his goals and assists are not that high But I think the way that he carries the ball And that he gets Rangers up the pitch Territorially He's very very impressive That he allows the rest of the team to get up the pitch Which creates chances for other players So I know that that, Listen that's a wee bit of a loaded question that you've given Mark there Because his stats you're right aren't great But what he does offer within the game The rest of the game is impressive and also, I think Stephen Gerrard's in agreement with Mark The fact that he's pushed the boat out and spent £7 million to bring him on So I think Stephen Gerrard also thinks that he can handle the pressure 
But you're, you're saying that a guy that can carry a ball off the pitch is, is handling pressure. We've got a, guy, a young guy, Mikey Johnson, who can probably do that better. Yes, so come on, come on and talk about Mikey Johnson then. Come, come on and we'll have yeah, a conversation about Mikey Johnson. I never ever drew a comparison, Ryan. I spoke about one player. And but for listen, what it's worth, what do you make of Mikey Johnson? Well, I'm sure you would Mikey, also agree he Mikey can carry Johnson's the ball. composure for that lovely threaded pass that he put through for Odson Edward for the opening goal was terrific. You know, lifted his head, picked the right moment, a lovely run from Odson Edward as well. And one thing you have to do as well, Gordon, that, that we don't often do because if they got it wrong, we bond their backs. The linesman, assistant referee on that side, what a call it was! I mean, what a call <clears> that was to get that right. So credit to him. Um, for that But yeah Mikey Johnson Fantastic composure You know just for that one piece That, that, that led to the opening goal right? bit, bit of a shame Craig That he's pulled out Of the Scotland 21 squad Injured um, Because I wonder if the time Was right for him To try and be the main man At that level With a view to really Knocking on the door Of the, the A squad In the coming months Yeah absolutely And you know Forrest is there On the other side On the other wing And if, if they can create With the national team What they're creating At the minute with Celtic Then, then that bodes very well For everybody Ryan. I'm, um, I've, I've been not not cynical about Mikey Johnson because he's doing fabulously well but for me at the minute I don't see him in my eyes this might be a wee bit controversial as a Celtic player see when I look at the team and I see I still think him as a young lad he's continuing to prove he's me wrong he's improving dramatically oh, though isn't he absolutely I, but at times I'm just waiting for him to kind of fall out the team and, and, and fall out a favour and I hope I'm wrong I hope he doesn't do that and I hope he goes on to make himself a top top player for Celtic I've been really impressed Ryan best piece of business done this summer After Sunday, I think Julian will be. I think that kind of performance is going to make the difference in the Celtic Rangers games and the majority of the games. So, so is that by your own admission that you wouldn't have said that if I had asked you on Saturday? Probably not, to be honest, no. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ryan Kent. <laughs> But that's the type of thing that a game yeah, of Sunday's you, you magnitude can do, I, isn't it? It, it, it changes your your perception of absolutely. people. Absolutely, you, you couldn't have chosen Julian. You know, it'd have been one of the furthest ones for your, for your thoughts. But after Sunday, he was absolutely rock solid. The way he conducted himself on the part, the way he he speaks off it. Uh, like I said, that the people at Celtic knew it, it was a bit of a slow starter, but there was never any uh, concerns um, about him longer term. And I, and I think on Sunday. Um, you know, you just wonder how him and I are there's a possibility of a partnership along there de- um, developing. Uh, Gordon, that could be top drawer for Celtic. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish Sun. slash football. Ryan and Dumbarton, thank you for the call. It's 01419511025. If you want to play. Beat the Pundit Now is your time To step up to the plate You can take on Mark Guidi You can take on Craig Beatty Try and show them Who's boss And win a signed ball At the end of it 01419511025 You really have to be quick Because you only have Until the news At 7 Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The form team For compensation For more than 40 years Talk to Thompson's.com Craig Beatty and Mark Guidi are here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It might be Wednesday, but the post-mortem from the game at Ibrox rumbles on. We've had a few calls on that. We've been looking back on the best pieces of transfer business done during the window, so keep those suggestions coming in. And I wonder if there are any Kilmarnock fans out there. What do you make of Kirk Broadfoot? He's had a pop at the manager on leaving the club. And maybe there's a wider discussion to be had here as well between the difference between... Scottish players and continental managers Maybe that's where the problem lies Let us know your thoughts 01419511025 And we'll do this first 
Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the scottishsun.co.uk slash football. Beat the Pundit time. Mark and Craig are ready. One of them is taking on David from the Isle of Arran. Hi, David. Hi, guys. How are you? Not too bad at all, David. How are you? How's Arran tonight? Yeah, it's lovely. It was a long day, but it's a lovely evening. And, um... Yeah, just making tea and sort of give you a call and try and beat one of you guys. Some place when the sun's shining, Mark. He didn't get that today, but look, it oh, might, never might be quite a nice never night. Never been to no. oh, place I've never been to. Can Mark stay with you, David, if he comes up? I'm sure he can look after the range and mean the missile will go out. Is that a deal? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've seen his show fee. I don't know how it compares to his babysitting fee, but we can discuss that later on. Uh, heads, you're going to be up against Mark. And tails, it will be Craig BT. And it's Tails It's Craig against David from Aaron And this will shoot down all the conspiracy theorists Gordon DL's already been on He's been He's listening in the bath As he does on a Wednesday <laughs> Sorry to give everyone that, that oh, image oh. But Wednesday's his bath day And he listens to the show <laughs> Once a week <laughs> once, once a week And uh, he's already been on to say That it was going to be heads Because apparently it's always heads When I toss the coin So well, there I've are. only been on once a season It's always done There we go it. See so There you go Stick that in your bath DL Hope you're enjoying it anyway Right um, Let's give Craig some Clyde too And make sure he can't hear you David And we'll get your clock ready to go You've got 30 seconds Head to head with Craig The secret is remembered You can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit Are you ready? Yes Go ahead Let's get stuck in Which current Celtic player Joined the club from Norwegian side Start in 2016? Pass Who was the last Scottish manager of Aston Villa? What is the name of Rangers Director of Football? Uh, name any of the English sides Kirk Broadfoot's played for. Which country did Alex McLeish manage in during 2016? Belgium. And in what year of the 90s did Kilmarnock win the Scottish Cup last? 95. Okay, uh, let's bring Craig Beattie back. Craig, are you with us? <clears throat> I'm here. Right, same set of questions to you. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. I can find the clock Here we go Which current Celtic player Joined from Norwegian side Start in 2016 Pass Who was the last Scottish manager of Aston Villa Martin O'Neill oh. What is the name of uh, Rangers director of football Pass Martin mentioned him earlier <laughs> Name any of the English sides Kirk Broadfoot has played for uh, Pass Which country did Alex McLeish manage in During 2016 Pass. And in what year of the 90s did Kilmarnock last pass. win the Scottish Cup? <laughs> Don't need pass. You seriously passed that? Oh, I have to accept your first answer. <laughs> David, this could be an all time humiliation for the pundits. <laughs> did you pass every one of them? Everyone. Apart from Martin. David, listen, I think you know the way this is. Even if, you, even if David wow. can sneak one, uh, which current player joined Celtic from Norwegian side start in 2016? It was Christopher Ayer. Yeah. Uh, none of you got that Who is the last Scottish manager Of Aston Villa So it certainly wasn't Martin O'Neill It was Lambert It was Paul Lambert David got it Craig obviously didn't um, you, You'll notice that's a bit of a theme As we go on here So Paul <laughs> Lambert has got David one up The name of Rangers director of football I think the pressure got to you Pressure did Mark Almost Allen boy. Unlike Ryan Kent The pressure got to Mark me. Allen uh, Name that. any of the English sides Kirk Broadfoot's played with You had the choice of Blackpool or Rotherham uh, which country did Alex McLeish manage in during 2016? Do you know what, David? Belgium was a decent guess, but it was Egypt in 2016. Oh, yeah. He had previously been in Belgium. I hope that didn't overlap with 2016. Our producer Andy will be getting in trouble. 
No, he's, he's shaking his head at me. No, there we go. He's in the clear. Uh, and in what year of the 90s did Kilmarnock last win the Scottish Cup? 97, Paul Wright. 97. So let me just count them up. Hold on, I could be here a while just to make sure. Uh, so it was one to David. <laughs> just Couldn't even get a tiebreaker. Just let me double check these. And a zero. To Craig Beattie In my experience The second pundit ever To get a zero I can hear Mark Wilson Cheering in his home From Cumbernauld You have just made Mark Wilson and Gordon Dale Look like Mensa members On the show That is your greatest achievement today As long as David enjoys The sign ball Well done David Well done David the sign ball Is on its way The postage to Aaron Won't be a problem It'll be with you soon Thanks very much, guys. Glad to Good come. Good man. Well done. <laughs> that was David. Brilliant. David Naren. Come on, explain yourself. I know you were in a stag doing Ibiza on the weekend, but it can't have been that good that it's affected your performance four days later. I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I had a good, had a good weekend. <sighs> Three half. And he's had a bad Wednesday as a result. That was, I, mean, I was taking it because he's, as you know, Gordon, the, 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 the listeners can't see, but he turns up with his, his notes, he's, his he's preparation. Yeah, yeah. He, he does all his, that. Yeah. And then, you know, when you think, it just shows you the, the pressure. The pressure. You got to. You know, it it's only two times in my life easy. I get nervous. One of them sparring, and the other one's in here to beat the pundit. <laughs> he's got a nice pink t shirt on tonight as well, and it's the same That's colour. His, his face is the same colour. <laughs> I don't know if it's Ibiza or it's, the, or it's the beat the pundit. So there we go. That was a howler. Craig beating nil. David and Aaron won. And the signed ball is on its way. Kilmarnock fans, come on, let's hear from you. You must have an opinion. On this 01419511025 Kirk Broadfoot As we know Left Kilmarnock Which yeah. seemed like A bit of a surprise mm-hmm. He's rejoined St Mirren And now an interview In the Daily Record This morning He yeah. says it was The manager Angelo Alessio's Methods That made him want To walk away From football He couldn't stand yeah. it Any longer He says There was not enough he, he, you know, he was doing Running on his own To try and stay in shape It was all about Team shape And, and tactics And that sort of thing and he just wasn't having it at all. Kilmarnock fans, what do you make of that? Disappointed in Kirk Broadfoot or respect him for for, for, for speaking his mind? Mark Weedy, what do you make of it? It's, it's, it's not often we, we see such no. an open and honest explanation Aye. from a player. Well, I have to say, for, you know, from, from a media point of view, very good interview in, in the Daily Record this morning. Kirk Broadfoot, very honest. Um, and by the way, Having watched Kilmarnock a number of times last season I've watched him twice this season I think Kit Broadfoot is an excellent signing for, for St Mirren Good bit of work there by, by Jim Goodwin uh, And by Gus McPherson To get him in However, and I like Kit Broadfoot I know him, I like him But that kind of stuff As much as I want honesty and you want good interview It leaves a wee kind of bad taste I don't. I think sometimes maybe a wee bit over the top And just in general Not particularly to, to Kit Broadfoot But in general I'd just like to see the people command up the players if there is you know slight concerns about the manager and the method give him a chance you know just give the fella a chance he's, he's new you know whatever you think of the appointment you know the guy's still learning to get up to speed with his English maybe be lack of communication there different things but he was offered a job by the command up board and he's accepted he's accepted it we know he's not Steve Clark what Steve Clark achieved you know let's be honest he overachieved and it was fantastic but he overachieved but um, I just would like to see Angelo Alessio being given a chance by the players for things just to settle down and just, you know, because if there's unity, Gordon, you've got a much better chance of being um, successful. Now, it could well be six months from now, it's it's just no worked at all for whatever reason, that's fine. But, you know, just just give the guy a chance, that's all I'd say. Um, Kip Broadfoot, in terms of football, uh, you're not playing at Kilmarnock, you're not enjoying it. 
So you leave And you go to St Mirren Where you've been Where you've done well Where you've enjoyed it And you're going to go And see out the rest of your career there Fantastic Kurt Broadfoot In terms of the interview I'll be honest with you I think he's out of order um, You know He's going to have to play against Former teammates um, He's going to have to compete Against the manager He's just come out And publicly criticised I don't think there's any need for it um, I think it's a little bit Classless to be honest And uh, you know He's also given away A lot of the training methods That Alessio is actually now using um, You know I came out recently And done an interview And I criticised a couple of managers That I've worked with in the past But you know This is six, seven years down the line I've got no involvement with them I'm not competing against them So I think the timing of it's all wrong um, I think it's a wee bit of order if I'm honest I know having spoken to you previously You had a similar experience <coughs> When you worked under um, Was it Paulo, Paulo Sosa? Sosa yeah. um, and, and you felt it was just a completely different approach It sounds like, like this approach Much less focus on, on running for instance T- tell us a bit about what that experience was like How you took to it Perhaps how other players took to it It started pre-season And one of the first pre-season sessions Was a um, set-piece session And this um, is at Swansea, yeah? Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Um, You know, in, in the afternoon A couple of lads went to do a run And the manager, Paulo, caught them doing a run In the afternoon on, on the beach And he went mental Now he's came from a background of um, The Italians where they do Minimum two, maybe four training sessions a day Over the course of a day They sleep at the training ground They're training non-stop and they get absolutely wrecked by their clubs on a daily basis. Now, since he became a manager, his methods are the complete opposite, and it's all about you know technical and tactical. There's not a lot of fitness work. There's not a lot of running work, which we're not used to. But you know that's his methods, and you've got to buy into it. And you know if if Kip's not buying into that, then fine, you leave the club. But I don't think you need the afters at this point. Also, I read the article myself, and he talks about the kind of shape work I worked with Edgar Davids at Barnet. We used to do three, three and a half hours of shape in the afternoon. You'd come off the training ground with not a bead of sweat on you. But, you know, see, as I got older in my, in, in my career, I actually look back on some of the stuff that, that Edgar Davids, who was a, a legendary Dutch international, was teaching us, and it was actually really beneficial. But at the time, where, where you're not winning games and, and you're not as successful as you should be, it was killing mm. all the lads and, and ended up Barnley get relegated that year. Come on, look, fans, give us your thoughts on the phones. We've got some on Twitter. Uh, Eamon, I told you, he went on a, a big rant. So I'll try and cut through some of it uh, so you're not here all night. He says Kirk Broadfoot is the latest in a long line of footballers in this country terrified of something new. As an athlete, your responsibility is to keep yourself fit. Majority of training time should be focused on football. Secondly, to attack the coaching sessions of Conte's right-hand man who doesn't who doesn't suffer fools gladly and is a fitness fanatic, reeks of sour grapes. Alessio's coached Barzali, Chiellini, etc. Surely you'd want to do coaching drills that the best of the world do. Finally, uh, if you didn't agree with the manager, that's fine. Show the team, the fans and your former teammates respect when leaving. Uh, gave you a three-year deal, etc. Um, and yeah, that, that, that's that's pretty much the gist of it. He, he points out that Alessandro Del Piero has previously praised Alessio's coaching sessions. He's a World Cup winner. That should be all that's needing said, says Eamon do Scottish players British Are we a bit Set in our ways Are we a bit Reticent to try Something different Yeah we probably are To an extent um, But the level that The level of players That we've mentioned To have previously Worked with this manager Are, are so far and away Beyond the level of players In, in Scottish football That's how it works for them that, but They know the fitness levels That they've already got They've got a base level of fitness And they put these small details that, that are ever so important At the top, top level of matches the, the fine details that win your games At the highest level You know, at times we don't need that We just need to be fit And we need to be able to run through brick walls And press and chase the channels And, you know, that, that that's maybe where Kit's got his problem We've seen this before There have been other higher profile examples yeah. Of when a, a continental manager comes in Does the problem lie with them Or does the problem actually lie with our players Who are, who are a bit reticent to try You know, it could be a bit of both I think there's got to be a kind of coming together, Gordon Where, you know, the... the 
so the new manager says, okay, this is what I'm used to the, and, and that, but I'm inheriting a group of pretty much 20 Scottish players that have had a really good 18 months. What made them successful? Why did they good 18 months? Okay, I look at that. That's what they're good at. That's what I think they need to improve on. Players as well say, with the greatest of respect, if you're playing for Kilmarnock, you are not the finished article. There's a lot of improvement in you. So, there should be a company and say, I'm going to try and learn off this new guy, give him a chance. But see, unless you're actually in there day in and day out, or you get the chance to go for a week and, and see you can give a proper measurement, all I see is it's just like, for the sake of Kilmarnock, because they've brought back in the past 18 months, Gordon, they've brought back an extra 3,000 fans. They've gone from 3,500, 4,000 to 6,500, 7,000. You don't want to lose them. So, as I've said before, to be successful, there has to be unity. Mark, could you question Kilmarnock's due diligence on, you know, prior to bringing the manager in to, to ask him what kind of style he's wanting to do and what sort of methods he's wanting to use? But who says it's wrong? That that would be the... You're assuming then that that's wrong and he, he tells them and then they say, oh, hold on, that's not for us. Why not? The guy's operated at a very high level. If it's the polar opposite to what's, to everything that's been right and everything good that Kilmarnock's done in the last 18 months... Decide. Yeah, but if it doesn't suit... And it doesn't kind of follow the, the trend and, and what Steve Clark had set Then mm. it, it, it's not right Let's speak to Stevie Who's a Kilmarnock fan on the line What do you make of all this Stevie? I think I agree with Craig Beattie That he is out of order And what he's done He's showing a lot of disrespect To Andrew Alessio Plus also To Alex Dyer Who was there last year As assistant to Stevie Clark so it doesn't worry you at all Stevie It doesn't make you Doubt the things that the manager's doing No it's like every new manager You come in with your own ideas Your own tactics And Stevie Clark came in after Lee McCullough Took over and changed things completely And everybody had to adapt to his methods so it's the way you have to do it It's like any job You get a new manager You have to adapt to their methods yeah, I mean, I, I think Steve, as you said, that there's got to be a, a, a bit of come and go on both sides from, from the players, yeah, and and the manager. But ultimately, the manager is there to be Angelo Alessio. He's not there to be the Italian Steve Clark. So it's got. To, and like I say, my point is, the players are. I just want have they given them enough time? Have they given them a fair crack of the whip to buy into his methods? I don't know if they have. But I hope they have And I hope in time I watched them on Saturday Beat St Johnson 1-0 Step in the right direction Off the bottom of the table And quickly they move up To 6th place Gordon one victory To go from bottom um, To 6 So let's like say There's very good players At Kilmarnock They've just sold a player For the region of £2 million I'll be, They'll be gutted to lose him But that's a good thing About Kilmarnock The past couple of years They've created a £2 million player A Scotland international So when other players look at it I say okay Steve Clark's no longer here but Alessio, if I can catch the eye, there might be a big move in it for me. I can go for two grand a week to eight grand a week or ten mm. grand a week. But you're not going to do that if you're rebelling against the manager. The Steve, normal scenario in Scotland is that when a manager loses his job or is no longer at a club, it's normally because he's not doing well. Yeah. He's normally sacked and the club are normally rock bottom. You know, we've mentioned Lee McCulloch there and, and Steve Clark taking over from him. But the situation there's been Steve Clark's been absolutely flying and, and we've said on the show whoever was going to take over after Steve Clark had you know, it's a thankless task he's got. But to change it you know, 180 degrees from, from where Steve Clark was going I, I think it's a silly move Stevie, where are your confidence levels in, in the new manager? I'd imagine they got off to a bit of a, a ropey start With the European game now that you've put that behind you And you've started to see signs of improvement in the league Yeah, I mean, I was at the game uh, At Rugby Park with Connors Key Nomads And uh, yeah, there was just 
no way we played at all that night. Um, but I mean, I saw the Rangers game as well, and there's a lot of good signs there. So I think you're right. It'll take a wee while to adapt. Uh, but I'm, I'm quite positive about the, the future, especially the new players that he's brought in. Yeah, yeah the left back Hammer Lining looked look good Stevie watched him On, on, on uh, Saturday Against St Johnson But you know Hopefully the victory For Kilmarnock can If you like Create a new narrative It's been a pretty negative stuff For the past five or six weeks Obviously the, the Europa League qualifier Defeat was a Was a shocker uh, to, to Nomads But There's a chance to go And build something again But we'll, we'll, we'll Kilmarnock finish third It's you know it's, it's unlikely That's a hell of an ask But you know, certainly top six they should be looking for that again and hopefully after after Saturday's win and the chance to go and work under the manager a wee bit longer that there's a there's a, a new narrative and it's something more positive coming from the whole camp. Thank you very much, Stevie and Kilmarnock still talking about best pieces of business. Uh, we've got one here which is from D nine O D E. I don't even know what that says. I don't know what it's meant to mean. I hope I've not been caught out by saying something ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but he, he's on and he says the best piece of business over fourteen thousand sellout at our last home game, unbeaten in the league, four goals in the first game, scored in every game. Can you see where this is going? Got to be Super Lawrence Shankland of Arabia, yeah. he says. <laughs> uh, hashtag in Robbie we trust. Uh, there we go. Yeah, good check. So who's yours then? What's your, what's oh, your business? Saying, I'll get back to you next week. Oh one four one nine five. I'd totally forgotten about that. Oh one four one nine five one. Some of us are working over at the side of the desk. Nine but five listen, one. You ask us a question. A caller comes on. Boom. What do you mean? A clown here, so you've got to answer it. Best That's what we're here for. So give us a shout. Come on. And you asked me six questions, right? And <laughs> and you got none, right? <laughs> I, I'm going. I'm going with Scott for earlier. I'm going Declan Gallagher, free transfer to Motherwell. Right there, yeah. Then there, there, there's okay. an answer. Whether uh, you agree Brian, or disagree, you've given an answer. Brian, not surprised, but you've given an answer. <laughs> I got to stay true to form. Brian is in Pollock. He's going to be next up. We'll speak to Brian next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you full compensation is their goal Talk to Thompson's.com Mark Guidi and Craig Beatty are here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're about to speak to Brian in Pollock Who's been waiting very patiently uh, Let me quickly get the full time teaser Up and running though If you're just joining us uh, Craig Beatty got zero <laughs> On the, the, the Beat the Pundit Do not adjust your radio He got zero So Passed in five out of six I am not holding out much hope for him On the teaser I must admit Mark Guidi I think you might have some some work to do Question is this It's been sent in From Ross in Lanark So Ross Thank you very much It was full time At Clyde1.com That's where he sent it Can you name The Scotland starting 11 The last time They played Russia In a competitive International At home I'll tell you the year It was November 1994 So that's Craig Brown's team <laughs> the look on Craig Beatty's face Craig Brown's team uh, Ten year old man Jim Leighton and goals No Andy Gorham Yes You can play along with us Remember At Clyde SSB We've got a big game against Russia coming up Can you name the starting 11 for Scotland The last time we played Russia Competitively At home 16th November 94 Andy Gorham and goals Steve Clark No Tom Boyd Yes Dave McPherson? No. Colin Hendry? No. Richard Goff? No. Ali McCoist? No. Craig, any, any, John Collins. any time now you can get involved? Yes, John Collins. Stuart McCall? Yes. Okay, that's a good start. You've got four of the 11. Billy Dodds? 
No Alright can you name the Scotland starting 11 The last time he played Russia competitively at home It was November 94 We'll leave it there because you've got Gorham, Boyd, Collins, McCall Four down, seven to go Brian is in Pollock Hi Brian Ah, how you doing? Apologies for keeping you waiting, Brian. The floor is yours. Yeah, uh, no, I was just—I was listening earlier on, and Craig was comparing Ryan Kent and Odds and Edwards' loan seasons. And I might be wrong, but he said that Ryan Kent had a far better loan season than Odds and Edwards. I was just wondering mm. what, how he came to that conclusion. I don't know if you used the word far, but you did—you did indeed say that. Uh, yeah, more, more effective. Um, I thought Kent had a better a better loan spell at. Rangers than what Eduard did at Celtic um, I said earlier on in the show a few weeks ago that Eduard at times for me turns up as and when he wants now I'll put my hands up and admit he's turned up every game so far this season he's been absolutely unplayable at times um, going back to basically what I said and why you're phoning I just thought Kent was, was more effective for Rangers during his loan spell than what Eduard had to be and was at Celtic given the fact he's probably had more competition with um, Dembele and Griffiths there I just feel that Kent had more impact in his loan spell. How do we look uh, Edward's loan season? 13 starts, 11 goals. You've been a bit harsh on him, perhaps? Uh, going with the strike ratio, absolutely as harsh as you possibly could be, given it's almost a goal a game. But he's only started well, 13 starts, games. That was starts. Um, overall, I think it was 29 appearances, 11 goals. I don't know. Brian Kent was Young Player of the Year. Brian, we're comparing apples and oranges a bit, aren't we? No, well, I don't think I don't think we're comparing apples and oranges. We're maybe compl- comparing different kinds of apples. They're okay, both yeah, well, they're I both that. In the Premiership, young guys, Edwards younger, scores twice the amount of goals in about half the amount of games. Also, plays as an, an out-and-out striker. I just, I just don't understand how you could come to that. I just think he's had more impact. He's had more impact for Rangers, and he's done. He'd be more impressive for Rangers than what Edward was on his loan season. For, Celtic, for what is when, when you said it, Craig, when you made that comment an hour or so ago, I have to say, I didn't raise an eyebrow. I agreed with you. Thanks. I agreed with you. And that's not to say that Edward didn't make a good impression because at the end of the day, they went and paid nine million quid from it. I yeah, think he did it. But don't forget as well, he was living in the shadow of Dembele. Yeah. So he was never going to dislodge Dembele. So that's right. So you're not, when you're saying that, I don't think you're being critical. I agree I think Kent if made more of an impact If you take the statement as an isolated statement I feel Kent had more impact yeah. for Rangers last season Than Edouard did for Celtic yeah. during his loan season and, and by the way it was never really meant to be It wasn't ever a criticism It was of never Edouard. a criticism or you, a comparison You said it in the context of The reason that you didn't feel That it was a risk for Rangers to sign Ryan Kent yeah. Both teams had their players on a season long loan And then went on to spend big money And, and also see on something like that Gordon as well know it's never factual That is purely down to opinion It's not factual Brian just in, in a more general sense And how impressed have you been With Edward at the moment I don't think there's any doubt He's now the, the number one striker By by some distance Aye in the country No no, at Celtic In the country Yeah I totally agree with that as well I, I think the only way that Ryan Kent had more impact Than Odds and Edward Was with Scott Brown's chin there you go It's an opinion It's an opinion but There we go you, you, I think seeing you th- use things like that Brian you just you totally diminish your argument when you see oh, you, like, you don't. You don't need to. You don't need to. You don't it's need just to a wee that. joke, Brian. Oh, is it? I don't oh, mind that. Okay. All right. Well, so, fair so before you go, Brian, do you know him? Did it play against Russia in '94? Aye. <laughs> <laughs> my spare half would be Colin Calderwood. No, you're wrong, Brian. <laughs> Thanks for phoning, Brian. Uh, Brian, no, on, <laughs> on a serious note, Brian, we're not done with you yet. Who's your best piece of business this summer? 
based on the last game, probably Big Julian. Do you feel that was a game Hugh Evans? What's the phrase he keeps using And uh, people keep slagging him for it on Twitter uh, That they came, he came of age at, at the weekend Would you go along with that? I don't know if, it, if I would call it he came of age But he showed what he, he, showed what he can do yeah. The guy's fully fit Or approaching fully fit now So you can judge him Know that people were judging him when he hadn't played a game Craig, you'll have seen a number of players and, and we often focus on guys who Look okay in smaller games And then shrink when it gets Gets to the old firm game And, and can't handle it um, But I suppose on the flip side There must be guys you've come across Who actually really raised their game In that arena yeah, And you thought Well that, that bat, shows I, it there I could, I could name one um, I played at Hartswim It was Zaliukas um, And the amount of goals And penalties they give away From what I'm playing oh, against so just the, big games Not old firm necessarily yeah, yeah. Right, so. Um, As soon as you mentioned the question And I said that about Zal The whole time um, He was unbelievable When we played against The likes of Rangers Celtic Edinburgh Derbies but against the, the, the without being too disrespectful, smaller the smaller teams, he he was giving away penalties and scoring on goals, and looked like he didn't want to be there. Uh, okay, thank you, Brian. In Pollock, it's oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Craig just brought up Hearts. I feel like we've uh, got a nice wee link there. Let's hear from Stephen Naismith because he's on national team duty. He's been speaking to the media today. He says he's ready to do a job for Scotland. The manager's making sure they all know their roles now. He's barely played He's recovering from a hamstring injury But could earn his 50th cap If he plays against Russia In Friday's Euro qualifier There's a clear plan And we'll work on that plan As hard as we can And as long as we need to um, This next period of, of games That we're going to be going into Are, are really important um, to, to put us in a good position From previous campaigns I do realise that Getting points on the board And and sitting um, going into your next month's fixtures or the fixtures down the line does have an impact on on how you feel going out in the game so we need to make that happen in the next couple of games and it's a tight group they, they're naturally going to be um, a country that wants to push and, and go as far obviously they had a taste of the last major tournament um, so but so do we and we firmly believe we've got a squad here that, that can do it Um it didn't go off to the best of starts with the result, but we've got time to rectify that, and and I'm confident that we can do that. Now Friday's match and Monday's game with Belgium clearly crucial to qualifying. Uh, Naismith says simply the older fans a tournament. For me, sitting here and being through a fair few campaigns, you feel as if you ought because we've underachieved in the previous campaign, so you're you're desperate to try and do it because again, I know how close we are. We've got a, a very good pool of players that are playing it their peak in a great league down in England and and abroad and, and things like that so um, we just need to believe it and, and go out and show it on the park it's not been good enough when I first came in you had Barry Ferguson's Davy Weir's guys like this that were top quality players so uh, every campaign you've gone into you've had a group of players Dan Fletcher's another one it, it needs to change it needs to we've made players we now like I talk about the competition for places is there the manager's got a clear plan and, and he's Meticulous in his planning and what he wants us to do, and he'll work on that as much as he needs to. So, um, we're taking the right steps. I know players say certain things, but you've noticed the real theme from the Scotland camp this week. They're all, all talking about the clarity and the, the specific instructions that Stevie Clark's put across. Now, listen, can you carry them out? Can you carry them out against good opposition? That's yeah. ultimately the challenge. Yeah. Um, but it's clear the impact he's having on them. Yeah, listen, Bob, he's a good manager and he was the right choice. 
uh, at the time to, to replace Alex McLeish they went and got for me the, the outstanding candidate they deserve credit for that and now you've got to go and get results you've now got to go and back that up can Scotland win on Friday night against Russia absolutely they can Gordon and if they do unless I'm mistaken go levelling points with Russia nine points each and you know that would mean that the, the without writing off the other games but the ones you would expect to win I don't expect to get anything from Belgium Monday night with the greatest respect if you get a point in that game pff, happy days but you need to go to Russia and win that's a big game is going to Russia and obviously going to Cyprus and win as well which will be a, a tough one and beating Kazakhstan at home but first things first first game on Friday night signs are positive a good pool to select from the number 9 jersey is always a bit of a worry for me and has been for the whole campaign that said I think Scotland can beat Russia on Friday night yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Get a really strong squad there. You know, we've we've been waxing lyrical about the manager um, and and all the players from the you know the words from the the campus. They're all beating the same drum. They'll love the manager. They know the roles. You know, and and the sooner Friday comes, the better. Yeah, I mean, clearly going to be a, a big challenge. You've got Belgium around the corner. Eden Hazard's out. Great. And we've only yeah. got another fourteen yeah. world class players to contend with. Know, but always, if you were know. to pick one who would be out, I'm sure he would be up there. I'm in De Bruyne. You've got De Bruyne, yeah. Lukaku, yeah, Vertonghen. It's a, it's a fair point. Alderweireld, and that's not. And but come on, we're, we're clutching at straws here. But listen, <laughs> you'd rather not face him than face him. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Would you go along with that? Um, he's not bad, is he? <laughs> listen, he's he's up there with the best players in the world. Um. If I was there and I was in the squad, I would probably rather he was playing. Um, you you want to play against the best players in the world. Um, yeah. You want to be tested. You want to be playing against the best players in the world. Us fans just want, just want to win as many points yeah. as we can. Uh, the midfield, clearly the strongest area for Scotland. Yeah, what we're looking at, I mean, I'm not saying it's a gimme, but if we're looking at potentially Ryan Fraser and James Forrest being your two wide players, then I think you're, you're, you're selecting three from four. Remaining So John McGinn Scott McTominay Ryan Christie And Callum McGregor Pick, pick three From four and, that, and that's nothing against you Kenny McLean's and, and Ryan Jacks Are all top players as well And if any of them are selected They'll do a fine job They won't let Scotland down But that's a That's a strong four To, to, to pick three from What would I do If you're asking me At the moment Oh my god It's a hell of a decision Because he was waxing lyrically About Ryan Um Christie, Stevie Clark the other day, Callum McGregor, but I'd imagine an automatic pick. McGinn, stuck McGinn, on, McTominay. It depends. It was, Maybe we'll I play think them all Mc, and hopefully no deal I, I, mean, I think McGinn's more of a driving force, whereas McTominay, in terms of just protecting your back four, slightly more disciplined. But again, you, but you want McGinn John McGinn on the other side too, don't you? I think yeah. McGinn's got the discipline to, do, to yeah. do the other side of that as well. I think he can yeah. also sit, you know, he could go with McTominay and McGinn sitting with. Be one of them slightly higher forward well, as a striker who's scored for Scotland and a qualifier at hand. And who do you who do you go with up there? We're, um, we're not blessed. Let's let's be fair. At, at the minute, we're we're not blessed. No, um, I think it's got to build McBurney. Um, you know, he, he's opened his um, account in the, the Premier League a couple of weeks ago. He's just went for close to twenty million pounds. Yeah. So you know, listen, he'll be high in confidence. He, you know, he'll be in cloud nine at the minute, and hopefully, he can bring some of that. Mm. To the, to the international scene. Any, and any temptation I'd... to put Stephen A. Smith in as your number nine? Nah, not at the no. minute. No, he's no. listen. He's, he's not fit. Stephen A. Smith's a he's a top bloke and a top top player, and you know he'll have a program himself to try and get back to top fitness. And and when he is at that at that level of fitness, he will be an asset, but it won't be on Friday. Brian's in Hurlford. Hi, Brian. How you doing, boys? Good, Brian. Yeah, boys, on your mind. Points, if, you, if, if you'd let me get, get them in, uh, my first point is about Captain Woodfit. I think he's quite entitled to his opinion, different tra- training methods. He's entitled to his opinion. If he doesn't like the training, well, that's fine, fair enough. But how many people, when they played under Jock Wallace, enjoyed getting up and doing the engines? I bet you not many of them would like that. Uh, so, and also, 
commander are actually shooting themselves in the foot for the simple reason there are no selling Rangers or Celtic these two stands behind the goals. That's guaranteed money for them. Kilmarnock aren't they a really massive club for a home home support? Three, four thousand possibly maximum. So I don't think they can they'll really, really reiterate sell those two stands to at least try and get some money on it. And my final point is is about Ed Hudson Edward. My opinion uh, what do you call him? Alfredo Morales is far superior to him. Far superior because he was the top goal scorer last year and he'll be the top goal scorer this year. And I just think that's again I've got my opinion Do you know what We've done not too bad We've made it four weeks Of the new season Without, without having a Morelos Edouard yeah. debate God, Which we had, we had a whole show last season <laughs> I remember it well I tried show. to forget about it uh, I don't know Brian point, point one Go and pick one Point, point one Brian Point one Kip Rodfoot You're right He Look, is absolutely 100% Skip straight to the, the Big debate at the end Because we're running out of time right, I'm going to tell you now Stephen Gerrard doesn't know Who his first choice is It looks like he's going to rotate And he will not score More goals than Odson Edward this year There's a bold claim Okay It's a matter of opinion If you ask me right now If I was picking a team Or if I was a manager Wanting to buy a striker And I had the choice of Edward or Morelos At this moment in time I would go Edward Okay, uh, that won't satisfy half of you. That, that's just that's the way, way of the world. I'm sure we'll we'll have this discussion again. Rest assured, depending how the season pans out. Right on tonight's teaser, uh, Ross from Lanark sent it into full time at Clyde1.com. Can you name the Scotland starting eleven? The last time we played Russia at home competitively, the year was '94. The month was November. Andy Gorham played in goal. Tom Boyd played in defence. John Collins and Stuart McCall. Played in midfield Craig Beatty didn't play He's not got any of the answers yet He's going for Gary McAllister though Good, well done Oh, Gary Mack, brilliant Your Good midfield shout. Is nearly Complete I, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to look at the strikers So my first choice I think Kevin Gallagher No John McGinley Yes Well done, that's a great shout I thought that would be one of the trickier ones Craig Burley No yeah. Alright, one, two, three, four, five to get And we'll get them next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Craig Beatty's still here He's not been too ashamed of he's beat the pundit effort And done a runner He's still here His face isn't as pink as it was back then either So he's returning to normal uh, Mark Weedy's here Trying to Stir some yeah, life teaser. into him On the teaser You've actually did, Craig did come up with Gary McAllister Gary uh, Before the break The question tonight Sent in from Ross and Lanark Can you name the Scotland starting 11 The last time we played Russia In a competitive international At home It was November 94 Andy Gorham played Tom Boyd John Collins Gary Mack Stuart McCall John McGinley I'm going to go for McGinley's strike partner Gordon Jury. No Andy Walker No John Spencer He came on for John McGinley But he didn't start the game Andy Walker came on for No no John, John Spencer did Right um, Straight part Now I'm just wondering I'm looking at the team I'm thinking We're possibly lacking A winger Beak So we lacking a winger Gordon I'm Pat Nevin Pat Nevin also came on For the guy you're looking for Scott Booth Yes Oh brilliant well done. He was Great up front shoot. with. Well I think he would have been up front With John McGinley yeah. I don't get too bogged down In the formations I've just got the 11 names here So And I'm going back to defence Because I know Tam Boyd's in a bit Tam could have played anywhere along the back four So I'm possibly thinking we need a left back David Robertson No Derek White No Tosh McKinley No 
So maybe Tamboy play <sighs> too early for Christian Daly, yeah? Yeah, too early, I think, yep. Dave McFerrin. There's one in defence that we still would talk about regularly on this show. The rest are a bit more from from the memory bank, but there's one very much still on our the forefront of our minds in Scottish football at the moment. He's uh-huh. a current manager. He's not enjoying a particularly good time of it at the moment. Uh, in Scotland? Yes. Oh, oh no, it's too it's, no, it's too early for Gary Caldwell. Yes, yeah, too early for Aye, him. Too early for Gary Caldwell. Um, this guy's having a worse time than Gary Caldwell. <laughs> I would say. Right, come on, what managers are under the cosh? Who's been getting stick from their own fans? I'm, I'm toiling. I'm, I'm, You'll I'm, absolutely kick yourself. I might kick you. I'm toiling here As well I'm toiling In the top flight <laughs> Come on Can you see if you listen see, I'm going to open that window I can hear <laughs> A city A nation <laughs> Shouting their answers At the radio here Oh Craig Levine Craig Levine Craig Levine wow. Great shout Thanks Gordon Go it, it was his last cap According to producer Andy Right Craig uh, Levine, There we go so. Right you've only got three to get Plenty of time Let's speak to Craig Who is a Killy fan from Shawlands Hi Craig Hello there. Hello. Um, can I speak to Mark and Craig, please? Yes, they're both listening. Uh, listen, I'm just following on with a Achilles fan that was on earlier on there. Now, I think I, I tend to agree with Mark, you know, because I think it's actually a privilege, you know, to have this guy, you know, Alessio, uh, down at Rugby Park. And if he's got new methods, I think we should, I think Mark mentioned this, I think we should open up to these new methods, you know, of training. So does does it disappoint you to see Kirk Broadfoot with those parting words? Well, it is because the guy's been playing really well for us in the last two seasons. You know, I'm really, uh, I'm really disappointed. But in saying that, you know, just as I said, you know, when a, a new manager comes in, uh, there's going to be different methods. And now this guy's worked with, you know, the top players. You know, so as Mark said earlier on, I would like I give the guy a chance. You know, and then another thing that just comes back to my mind is. It was a wee while ago, I remember Roy Keane took over a team and uh, he said like the players weren't good enough uh, for his, you know, like his methods, you know, his training methods, you know. Mm-hmm. Is that, that absolute? I think it was, I think it was, that's right. Now, there's a possibility that might come in, you know, the players, I don't know, but I would like to think that they are good enough for his methods, you know. <clears throat> But they're certainly and, uh, not the calibre of player that he's been used to, given some of the names that were rhymed off earlier on. Well, uh, that's that's what I'm coming to, Craig, you know. Um, Listen, I agree I'm, with you. You've got to embrace the change. There's a new manager coming in. He's coming in with new opinions. He's coming in with new ideas. He's coming in with a fresh outlook. And, and you do have to embrace it. I agree with that. I also think that it's easier to embrace it if it's working. And, and I've already, can I give you my opinion earlier on about uh, Kirk being outspoken? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Mark. It... it... <laughs> It's probably a it's a fine line. You need to win games to get people to buy into what you're doing, but you also kind of need people to buy into what you're doing to win games. So you know how you make them both happen at the one time is is yeah. not easy. It's not easy. It takes a bit of time to come together. Um, I see. I just hope that it works for Kilmarnock because they're a vibrant club. They've been on the up the past two years, and you just hate to see it all going to waste. You don't want them to, to lose three thousand fans. Um, you know, over the next two or three months, but you know, so look, you, you've got to give Alessio a chance. You hope that he's the right guy for the job. Six months from now, if it's not, or four months from now, then fine. But I just hope that the players 
give him their all and give him the best possible chance to succeed because if the manager succeeds the players succeed it goes hand in hand Craig aside from what he did or, or didn't say Kirk Broadfoot leaving does that weaken the Kilmarnock defence is it as simple as that? No, no well well I saw that, I mean, I saw that boy uh, De Fabrio you yeah. know mm-hmm. uh, the boy the boy looks alright by the way you know mm-hmm. um, I thought he was quite assured quite confident I mean he was just kind of throwing in there I saw him on Saturday as well, Craig um, at uh, Perth at McDermott. Yeah, but it was very tidy. And so was so was Hamelinen, um the, the left back. And then you look at the goal, fantastic run counter attack from Liam Miller. You know, seventy eighty yards bombing down the left hand side. And then Stephen O'Donnell making seventy eight yards to, to to get into the box. So look, when you see things like that, when you see players busting a gut, as Craig will know, it tends to tell you that things are heading in the right direction. Eh? Uh, thank you very much, Craig. In Shawlands, I mean, this. Notion that a manager comes in and his, his methods, and some players don't take to it. Craig, you mu- you must have seen that numerous times. What was who was the one manager whose whose methodology was eye opening? Not not bad, but just the, completely different from from what you've been used to. Was it was it Paulo Souza? Was was that the one that hit you the most? It was probably a good contrast between how defensive Paulo was and how offensive and attacking that, that Brendan was. So to have them listen, both were very very good. I preferred much preferred Brendan. Um, we get much more success off of Brendan Rodgers at Swansea But it was in complete contrast in the space of two seasons What's the dressing room like though then? So when, when Paulo Sosa rocks up And I feel like I'm picking on him It's just because that's the example you used And he, and he is so different Do, do you, do you know, Is it noticeable that some players are buying in and, and some people are just not having it at all Is that something you can feel in, in a dressing room? Yeah, I th- listen, we had a good group of lads at Swansea So we were all quite professional It was a close-knit group So we had to get down and we had to Give the manager what we had. We had we had no choice. He had such a big ego and he was such a big character that you know you'd have been out the door if you unless you did buy into it. But I think the the success that we had after Brendan came in, we we getting out the, the English Championship and getting to the English Premier League probably signifies the the, the success and the quality. Okay, thank you, Craig and Shawlands. He will be the final caller of the evening because we're about to run out of time. Let me reread the teaser and also plead for you to keep sending them in because we love it when you send your questions in. We'll read them out in the show if we can. And uh, hopefully confuse the pundits just like we have tonight. So Ross from Lanark sent this one in. The address you need is fulltime at Clyde1.com. That's fulltime at Clyde1.com. Get the questions in. Ross says, can you name the starting 11 for Scotland the last time they played Russia in a competitive international at home? It was November 94. You've got Andy Gorham, Tom Boyd, Craig Levine, John Collins, Gary McAllister, Stuart McCall, Scott Booth and John... McGinley. So we're missing, we're missing, missing a winger three. and two defenders. Stuart McKimmy. Yes, well McKimmy. done, well done, Stuart McKimmy. Stuart left back? right back. So right we're possibly looking for a left-sided defender, stroke left back. What about Alan McLaren? <sighs> Good shout. It's a fantastic shout. Oh, yeah. Alan McLaren, one to go. Brilliant. So we're looking for the winger. I think, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking. A wide midfielder. No. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Billy by McKinley. By, yes. Normal world. I was all ready for my clues. I had the clubs <laughs> that he played for: Dundee United, Blackburn, Leicester. You didn't need it. You got Billy McKinley. Well oh, done. Thank you very much to Mark Weedy and Craig Beatty for joining me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. As always, though, the biggest thanks goes to you. Thank you for all your calls and your tweets. And if you just sat and listened quietly, that's much appreciated. 
as well. We are back tomorrow night, Thursday night, as usual, in the company of Gordon DL and Mark Wilson. Big build-up because we've got some huge games coming up for Scotland Friday night. Uh, we're going to be live from Hamden Park. But tomorrow, Gordon and Mark are here. Make sure you join us. And in the meantime, just stay right where you are because Callum Gallagher is up next. Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com.